You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 58 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? The I'm cat good. whisperer. <laughs> the cat whisperer? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I the cat whisperer? Just ah, you know, you've always got good stories about your cats. Oh, my enough. babies, my babies. <laughs> um, what have you been up to this week, Gina? Oh, it's been a big week. Um, I just saw the cover of my uh, new book. I'm very excited. Uh, yesterday, I took Stella out for a ride. Oh, Stella is your new bike, your yes. new motorbike. Yes. And, Exciting. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. I'm very happy to be a biker chick now. Oh, my God. Have you got <laughs> leathers? and? Not leathers, but I've got some protective gear. I'm doing it the right way, Val. Okay. Doing it the right way. You have a helmet. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Okay. Boots. Wow. Jacket. Wow. It's cold when you ride, you know? Yeah. It gets really cold, so I'm very happy to have uh, all the gear that I need. Awesome. Mm. Who? Uh, so, listeners, who votes that Gina actually takes a selfie of herself on her bike? And uh, <laughs> how many selfies have you seen uh, in any of my social media, Val? <gasps> yeah, well, who, who votes? Count, count them. How many? <laughs> So chances of that happening? Mm. Uh, okay, don't worry, everyone. Next time I'm at Gina's place, I will sneak one and post it in the Facebook group. I'll take you for a ride, Val. Yeah, that'd be good. you but, on my bike. For those of you who are new to this podcast, we are all in a Facebook group and um, all you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and join the group. It's free to join and it's it's great. It's just a great place to hang out, to look at other people's photos, to post your own photos. We also have a challenge every week that's called Hashtag Gina Challenge. More about that later. And uh, we all take part in it. But um, apart from your new bike, mm-hmm. Gina, what's happening with you in the world of photography? So just finished a uh, really cool shoot doing bling val. I was photographing people wearing bling. So models wearing gorgeous jewellery. Had a fantastic beauty lighting setup. If you look at the cover of this week's episode, that's actually uh, a shot of uh, the setup, one of the setups that I use for the shot. So uh, beauty light, a couple of soft boxes and a reflector under there. And so the trick, tricky because you want the models to look good, Mm. but you also want uh, the jewellery to sparkle and look amazing as well so challenging but Mm. uh very happy the client was very happy with the results and val yes 
I developed a, a new technique for uh, directing really? um, models. Yeah. So uh, the girl I was working with, she was great, but mm. occasionally she'd switch off in terms of her, I'd like I'd lose her. She'd go into yep. thinking, yep. right? And what happens is the eyes go a bit cold. And so I got her to stand on her tippy toes mm. and balance as a way of getting her to stop thinking. Right. And it really like changed the vibe and gave her a more intense and a, like a, a like a warmer, more open, authentic look, which is what I was going for. So it's a good little hack. Yeah, maybe right. maybe tr- give it a try next time yeah. you're photographing someone. Wow! Anything that you can do to distract them from thinking. Yes, is the trick. So you might want to think of your own thing to do, but this this seemed to work on the day. Yes, because some models think that all they need to do is sit there. You know, mm. and, and look pretty kind of thing. But you, yeah, that's it. And they could just go off into a thinking space. Yeah, and the eyes are dead and cold. Mm. You want, like, you want animation. You want people to be connected to the camera. And some people can do it um, naturally. Other people, yes. it takes a bit more work. So you've got to, you know, it's our job to sort of get that out of people. So it is, it is hard work. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, you had a more successful week with photography than I did. <laughs> Val, tell me about it. What have you been doing? Well, you may remember that I was riding high. I think it was last episode or the episode before where I was talking to you about shooting at my gym, which is my thing. It's what I want to do, right? It's yeah. a little project. It's what I'm keen to, you know, get my teeth into. Um, but it's been a slow process because I needed to get the trust of the head trainer because unless you get that trust, you no one else is really going to give you the time of day. Yeah. And I slowly worked, you know, slowly worked on that and it's it worked, you may remember from our recent discussion uh-huh. on the podcast. Yeah, it was a great hack. <laughs> I was really proud of myself and I was really excited and it worked. Right. So what happened this week was, I mean, obviously it did work and I gained a big level of trust uh, with the trainer and um, to the point where we were discussing you know, types of shots that we might do. And he said, okay, then go on, as in take the shot. I was like, oh, okay. So I reached for his phone because you. I, I took the photo on his phone to make sure that he knew that he had – the, he he was going to have the shot. I wasn't going to do anything bad to it. He could delete. He could edit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he said, no, take it with this and Whoa. gave me his camera. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, fantastic. And I had the shot set up in my head. I – I, you know, you, I can, you can imagine it, Gina, right? Yeah. It's, it's probably a Gina kind of shot and, and that's, it's probably why I came up with it because you know, it's like doing a, what would Gina do kind of yeah. meditation. And if you can imagine there are those giant, and I'm talking giant 200 kilogram tires, Yeah, you know, um, and it were, it, 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 the, where it was, was perfect garage lighting. Yeah. The kind of lighting that you think is fantastic. And I thought, oh my God, it's just perfect. So and you know the you know the shot, right? It's where they're lifting it to a certain point so you can see the the rippedness, you can see the yes. muscles, you can see the shot. Anyway, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So set that set that up, demonstrated it because that's what Gina would do. Yeah. I um, was pretty good at the demonstrate. I didn't lift the good damn thing, about. obviously, for oh, two hundred right. kilos. Yeah. Um and so I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be a great shot. And um, 
first and foremost, it wasn't my camera. So I was immediately flustered because Mm. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with it and I didn't know where everything was. You know, you you can, if I had an extra five minutes, I would have worked it out, but we were, there was a truck waiting, this, that, the other, you know what I mean? And so I thought, okay, I don't have the time to figure this out. I'm just going to put an automatic. Right. Which was mistake number one, but that's okay. I just thought I'll just see what happens on automatic. And I directed, it's pretty Mm -hmm. good at that because I've watched you for 25 years. Yeah. I directed and I was taking the shot and I take the shot. And then I just, uh, I looked at them after and I said, you know, and they they were okay, but they weren't, they weren't crackers. Right. And, um, it just wasn't working. So we had another little go and tried a few other things. And again, they were okay, but they weren't crackers. And I couldn't figure out at the time, because I was under a bit of pressure, of course. <laughs> what was wrong. And that was the end of that. And I was I left there quite deflated after yeah. <laughs> after this experience. It was only like an hour later or later that afternoon when I was thinking about it and I realized what I had done wrong and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But, of course, you don't think of it at the time. And um, what I had done wrong, one of the things I had done wrong is is what you say. You really need to determine who or what is the hero of the shot. Is it the tire? Is it the guy? Is it the setting? Is it the whatever, right? Yeah. I had everything going on in that shot. (laughs) I had made sure that the the bags were, you know, in the background with the depth of field. I made sure that this was there. Um, It was just everything was going on. And there was no hero, you know, no no proper hero. And, and, And among other things, I won't, you know, go into... I've obviously been thinking about this a lot. You have been thinking about it. But like, Val, I was really disappointed with myself. You know what? If you handed me someone else's camera, I'd probably freak out too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you saying that. And, (laughs) but anyway, I've worked through my issues. Have you? Are you sure? You're okay? Well, I'm 80% better. I'm still disappointed, but I was very disappointed then because I had, you know, I was, uh, but that's okay. Um, uh, There there are worse things happening in the world. So let's move on, Gina, to this week's topic. Is he going to give you another crack at the, the photo? Look, I think he would if I asked, but it's it's kind of that thing of two steps forward, one step yeah. back. It's yeah. like I did a, I succeeded well in that first one, and that's why he had the, you know, trust to say, yeah, okay, go on, take this one. Um, but it, I'm going to have to do something else to 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 earn back the trust in a sense. Mm. Not that you know he knows that there was nothing anything bad or malicious mm. or anything. It's just that it didn't quite work out. Uh, it sounds anyway. like it would have been a great shot, Val, if you had done it on your camera. It sounds like it would have been <laughs> awesome. And next time, I think I just um, the the whole hero thing. I, I really did have too much going on because I wanted to see if I could get the depth of field to to see yep. these boxing bags in this beautiful line in the background. It was just too much. Yeah. Keep it simple for next yes, time. Keep it simple. So anyway, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I needed to process that. Thank you. I didn't have to hold anyone. No, no, that's what we're all here for, Val. <laughs> but this week's episode is common lighting mistakes and how to overcome them, which is awesome. Uh, but before we get onto that, uh, we've got a few shout outs, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, Val, uh, 
a couple of uh, a few shots that I've seen in the uh, Facebook group that have really impressed me. One is uh, an example of perfect Rembrandt lighting, mm-hmm. and that's from uh, Sunny Mal Valmiki from Goa. Yeah, and, uh, wow, Goa. Just the if you. I've put an example in the show notes, but just imagine Rembrandt lighting uh, lit from above and to the side, and what you get is uh, one side of the face in shadow, but then you get like a, you'll get like a triangle of light in varying degrees on mm. the on the opposite side. His is perfect, and Absolutely I looked at it and perfect. I went, "Oh my god!" If I was mm. needed an image to say this is what Rembrandt lighting would look like, I would use Sunny's yeah. image. So well done, and it's a beautiful portrait. I think it's a selfie. Um, lovely, lovely shot, lovely tones. Well done. Yeah, well done, Sunny. That's awesome. And of course, we put we'll put all these images that we've referred to in the show notes. If you want to have a look at them, they're at ginamilitia.com. That's M I L I C I A. And we have another selfie, don't we? Don't we? From Alan Malenfont. And uh, he he was experimenting with uh, using uh, umbrella lighting, took a beautiful selfie, and then just the thing that caught my eye is he's Mm -hmm. used my Nutella preset (laughs) to process it. And uh, it actually works really well with skin tones. I I really like it. It looks great. It does. I saw that in the uh, Facebook group it's, and, and I noticed that it was the Nutella preset. Now, for those of you who want to use Lightroom presets, Gina gives away every month free Lightroom presets if you are a subscriber to her newsletter and that's the only way you can get them through the actual newsletter. Um, once they're gone, they're gone. They're not available for free. Um, however, Gina is selling some uh, Lightroom presets now on her website, ginamilitia.com, but you can certainly get the free ones once you sign up to her newsletter got one coming up next week val next newsletter yes all right and another photo from kai hansen yep macgyver of the week val i Mm. give kai okay Um, Basically, uh, Kai has gone out and bought uh, new, uh, I think, young Nuos with uh, flash triggers. And uh, I've actually put a link in the show notes. If uh, any of you are interested in in getting some, you can get them as part of a kit for around a hundred bucks which is pretty good for a lighting starter kit. So one light, one, one uh, transceiver and a little uh, soft, uh, th- those little plastic caps that go mm. over them. Uh, but what Kai's, uh, the, the reason Kai is uh, MacGyver of the week is she's used a, a, a stubby holder as a snoot, which I just thought was brilliant. <laughs> Awesome. I actually tell a lie. She's used a Canon 430EX uh, Canon flash, not uh, Young Newers. Um, but uh, yeah, the stubby holder. How brilliant! Oh my goodness! Now and for really great lighting too. It's our US, really our US listeners, if you're wondering what a stubby holder is, basically <laughs> it's the holder that you put a beer can in. Yes. So just in case you don't ha- call them stubby holders over there. Um, and we also want to say a big thank you to Sleepy Boo, whose real name is Susan. And uh, Susan gave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much, Susan. Uh, Susan said, a valuable podcast with great advice and down-to-earth approach. 
Now, Susan says, I've been loving listening to Gina's and Valerie's podcast for a while now and have gained so much from So You Want to Be a Photographer. Um, But I do feel like I've learned so much from Gina and Valerie, not only from the technical and business aspects of photography, etc., but from their encouragement and down-to-earth nature that comes across in their approach. What actually inspired me to write today was reading Gina's latest email. So that's Gina's newsletter. And it was this line which read, If you're looking for instant gratification, open a jar of Nutella. If you're looking for deeper and more meaningful life lessons, then give gardening a go. (laughs) Ah, good old Nutella. Gina's favorite, but a lovely point to be made and a great example of Gina's wisdom. A reminder that things take time to grow and nurture, and it's in that time that things can, can develop. Then near the end of Gina's email, she finishes... With the wonderful quote from Conrad Hall, you are always a student, never a master. You have to keep moving forward. That's what I mean about down to earth. It's infused in the podcasts and in Gina's emails, and I love that philosophy. Anyhow, I'm sure I'm not the only person who almost feels like I'm sitting back listening to listening in on a conversation between a couple of friends. There's no pretense, just two people who love what they do and want to give back. So a big thank you, Gina and Valerie. What what love what you do and many thanks Susan oh well that's so nice thank awesome. you awesome thank wow. you so much Susan really really inspiring oh. and encouraging to be honest thank you so yeah. yeah really grateful and if anyone else has 30 seconds to um, leave a rating or review on iTunes that would be awesome because that really helps us in our rankings but let's move on now to a photo critique we have uh, we have some photos from Diana Frausto-Gonzalez and uh, Diana has three images and she has said, "I'm happy Sunday everyone. I just set up my very first in-home studio. I'm wondering if I could get some feedback on these images. Feel free to take off the kid gloves and nitpick any little thing you see. I learn better that way. So Diana has provided three images of a young boy. He looks like four years old and uh, He's he's a cutie, and yeah. there's one of him sitting on a stool, a little stool, one on the stairs, and just one on the ground, sort of kneeling and looking straight at the camera, quite cheekily. Yep. So take it away, Gina. Okay, so um, I think she's done a great job lighting wise. I, I think they're all uh, well lit. I think I, I would say uh, they're all lit with daylight by the looks of it. Mm. Um, so beautifully lit. Uh, there's one that's a tad. Teach uh, back, backlit a teach underexposed, which is one on the stairs. There's a, the the light coming from behind. Diana is a little bit strong, so I would possibly uh, open up the exposure and let the background go. A lot of photographers are afraid to do this, and they want to have uh, tone in the background when you've got light coming in. But it's okay to. I believe it's okay to blow out the background and you always want the skin tone to be the hero of the shot. So Mm. go for good skin tone. So um, lighting-wise, fantastic. The the posing is really interesting, and is in that it's it's very grown up for such a little boy. He looks <laughs> he looks very mature. So um, I think that's really sweet. So I don't I'm not sure how you've directed him to do that, but he he certainly looks um, really natural. Like he's doing the thing mm. with his hands, Val. Yes, he's, he's, it, it's just uh, really sweet photography. So I think if um, I was a mother of uh, this child, I'd be I'd be very happy to get those back because it's a very sweet. So. I think I think you've done a great job. Um, 
I don't really have any criticism other than um, just watching the, the backlighting on one, one of the shots. I, I think you've done a great job. Yeah, well done. Um, and we also have a photo critique from Tracy Tiernan, who has sent in a photo that looks like it's the hand, a hand-carved section of a piece of furniture, but it's actually a, a dragon. Mm. Um, well, it's carved into uh, the dragon, and the dragon carved out of wood is in the foreground, and then the rest of the room is um, blurry in the background. And yep. it's from Tracy Tierman, and she has said, I'm looking for honest opinions as I work on improving my photography. This is my first time using a 35mm meter prime lens which i love thoughts mm. on lighting or composition thanks and remember we're putting all of these images in the show notes so what i love about uh the the 35 mil looks uh incredible and i'm just imagining i know she's uh tracy's just practicing with the lens but i know for a fact that um this lens would look amazing with a portrait. Imagine um, somebody's face in, in mm. place of the chair and, and the background goes like the blur is beautiful, the bokeh in the background. So I think this would be fantastic and it's a great little lens. I've got my eye on it now, Tracy. So mm. that all looks great. Uh, the one criticism I would have for this, Tracy, is that um, my eye is straight away drawn to the highlights in the background first. And they're a bit There's sort of some lamps or something yes. on in the background. Yeah. yeah, very, very bright. And then um, the, 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 the dragons in the foreground, uh, some of it's lit and then it goes into heavy shadow. So um, what, what I would do is probably have uh, some white card or a reflector and fill in the light so that you're, you're getting a brighter foreground and mm. then the background's not as distracting. So ha have, a, ha have a play around with some... Um, uh, fill card or get yourself one of those five-in-one reflectors and work on on filling that and so aside from that it, like it, it's going to be a great lens and I would really love to see you uh, tackle a portrait at this depth of field mm. using exactly the same setup same lighting with a reflector and see what you get Tracy because I think it's a great start Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. So let's move on now to our topic this week, which is rookie lighting mistakes and how to overcome them. Uh, so where are we going to start with this, Gina? What are some of the rookie lighting mistakes and yeah, how are we going to tackle this? Okay, so basically I've, uh, I've uh, separated into different categories. So I'm going to um, talk about uh, shooting uh, portraits in daylight and some of the mistakes that are common mistakes that I see. Oh, yes. Then I want to talk about how to deal with uh, highly reflective surfaces, Val, and I'm going to bust out some physics for everyone, so get ready. Really? Yeah. Okay, I can't <laughs> wait for that. Then uh, another common mistake with lighting is how people balance light, um, so I'm going to uh, have a chat about that. And uh, then uh, finish off with uh, rookie uh, flash mistakes. Oh, yes. Mistakes and the best fixes for that. So shall we dive right in? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start off with shooting in daylight. Shooting right? in daylight, yes. Yeah. So okay. I think um, when uh, people start out shooting portraits in daylight, mm. one of the common mistakes that I see a shark eyes, Val. What are shark what eyes? Shark eyes are. So basically, if you photograph a portrait of someone and there's no catch lights in the eyes, mm. the eyes are really dark and they look like shark eyes because shark eyes are black. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
You didn't know that? You've never been close that close to a shark? No. No? <laughs> so, Have you? Uh, no. No. Because <laughs> they're just everywhere here in Australia. Well, we've got them. They are everywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically uh, what gives a portrait life, aside from the light that you use and the pose and the expression, are the catch lights in mm. the eyes. And so the, the trick is to always make sure when you're photographing someone that there is a light source behind you, the mm. photographer, and that's going to reflect into their eyes. So whatever is directly behind you. So um, if you have uh, a large window directly mm. behind you putting light onto the person's face, the windows are going to reflect into the eyes and you're going to get windows as catch lights. If uh, you're in an area that, that like the room is well lit, there's enough light for a portrait, but there might be something like dark behind you, mm. nothing will reflect into the eyes and you're going to get shark eyes mm. so you can manufacture a catch light so you can use uh one of those again the, the 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 most useful piece of photography and cheapest piece of photography equipment is like the five-in-one disc reflectors so mm. silver black white gold um what's the other co cover color that i've met silver missed. black white gold, gold. No, no, and then translucent on the middle. That's why they're five. Yeah. Um, that was a math trick. Um, so, so holding a reflector up is going to put those catch lights in. Uh, um, if you don't have one of those, a big sheet of card will mm. do the same trick. If you don't have one of those and you're out on the street, just look for a big white truck <laughs> and have that at your back and okay. that's going to reflect into people's eyes okay you know so anything that's going to reflect back uh, you know the ideal is to have like a uh, light behind you that will uh reflect lots of uh beautiful catch lights into the eyes oh uh, great that's a great one because i must admit when i've photograph my cat Rex mm. he's got the most beautiful blue eyes but if yeah if I'm not careful they turn out looking black I didn't know they were called shark eyes but yeah um so you've yeah. given Rexy shark eyes so mm. if I was photographing Rexy Val and mm. you wanted him to have really beautiful blue eyes mm. I would use the silver side of the reflector for okay. Rexy and that's going to make his eyes really pop. It may also freak him out. They don't, they don't love the silver reflectors because he'll probably bolt. But maybe like just introducing him to it slowly, okay. you know, he might learn to love. All right. Silver I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. So sticking with the uh, animal theme, Val, yes. the next one is raccoon eyes. Okay. So raccoon eyes is where um, the sun is directly above the model and it, it, it basically casts shadows like the sockets of the eyes are not getting enough light so they're very dark in there and you're going to get ra raccoon eyes. So mm -hmm. um, Why do you say it like that? Because it just sounds cool, good, <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> so basically um, – the way to avoid getting raccoon eyes is to <laughs> – now I don't even know how to say the word, Val. Okay. Throw me. Yeah. I have to think about it. Um, is to uh, tilt the face 
so that the the sun is 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 hitting the face and yep. uh, like a lot of people say not to do that because it's a bad thing but this is how I used to light all my portraits it's it's uh, like the original beauty dish if you can angle the face in such a way that the light hits flat you're mm. going to get like a, a nice sort of hard yet even lighting and you can light the face up really really nicely and it it, it behaves just like a beauty dish um, the other workaround for raccoon eyes is did, – did I even spell it right, Val? Raccoon I don't think eyes. you did Probably this. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I'm saying it right because I can't spell. Um, We're looking at the at the show notes and, uh, yeah, yeah Jean, and, and, <laughs> Jean, Jean is, yes, commenting on her own spelling. <laughs> so um, the other workaround Didn't is – Didn't want to say anything. But, no, you know, you brought it up. I can't learn unless you tell me <laughs> spelling the words right. Okay. Um, my spell check is very liberal with me. It says, whatever, that's fine, Gina. <laughs> it sounds good to me. Um, mm-hmm. Use a diffuser. Right, yes. Soften the light, and that's going to help a lot. That's going to make the light a lot more even, and that will help fill in the the, the shadows in the eye sockets. Or move to open shades, get get open shade, get out of the sun altogether, and that's going to also help with the raccoon eyes. Mm-hmm. All right. The other common mistake working with daylight is uh, using uneven or um, Dappled light, and this is a, a, a real rookie mistake. And I remember the first uh, family portrait I was given as a young uh, newbie photographer. I uh, had this family and took them outside, thought I found this amazing location, posed them, was just so happy with how the shot looked. Mm. Was shooting film, Val, mm. get the film back, mm. and it was like the worst dappled light. So mm. shade, highlight, like dappled, like um, was under a tree. And mm. I couldn't see, you can, the, the naked eye doesn't see mm. um, the same way a, a, a camera will see. So the, 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 the light was really, it was obviously dappled. They looked like they had a disease. Right. Great. <laughs> terrible. Just so, what they want. Um, no. So we couldn't use any of the shots. So, uh, ever since that day, I will never shoot in dappled light, and that's the first thing I look for. I check, I check the light for consistency, and I'll try and move to solid shadow mm. where there isn't any dappling, and uh, and avoid the uneven dappled light look. Right. So I always look for open, even shade when yeah. you shoot in daylight or garage lighting or garage lighting, which is ideal. When you got the guy holding the tyres, <laughs> yeah, just and let him, um, you know, bully you into. Is he like six foot ten or something? And no, he's not that tall, but he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, and he's not not the kind of guy that you'd say no to. So when he said, "Use my camera," <laughs> no, I, at first I was excited that um, he had trusted me to use his camera. It was yeah. only when I started holding the camera and realizing, oh well, this is not my camera. I don't know where everything is. Was it a Nikon? I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, why have you got something against Nikon? I have nothing against Nikon. <laughs> I feel half my career has been shooting Nikon or Nikon, Val, mm-hmm. and the other half has been Canon. It's just like, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah that it, it's not the same when it's not your own. No, it's not. Anyway, enough about my problems. Let's move <laughs> on to um, – okay, so that's shooting – 
in daylight, you know, some of the mistakes there. Absolutely. They they make sense and I'm certainly going to make sure I avoid shark eyes with Rex. Um, the next one that you've got down here is dealing with highly reflective surfaces, which hmm. is an interesting one. I'm keen to hear what you say about this because they, there's lots of people who um, have varying opinions on how to how to either avoid being in the shot or avoid certain things being in the shot or who purposely put things in the shot. So go on. Let's tell me what you think. Want to hear some physics, Val? <laughs> is it real physics? So, do you know the law of reflection? Um, what is it? The angle of reflection is equal to the angle of incidence. Huh? Right? That's physics, Val. Let's the see. angle of reflection is equal to the angle of incidence. Yes. So, basically, when uh-huh. light hits a shiny surface like, say, glass – it will reflect back at the same angle that you it at the same angle it hits, and so if you don't want to see reflections um, in a shiny object, you've just got to move the angle of the light. Basically, that's all it means. Okay, okay. All that's right. physics, is it? That's my physics because oh. this is one thing that has done my head in for years. And as a newbie photographer, you might be uh, photographing, say, someone in a room with flash, with mm-hmm. windows, mm. and you set your flash up, you take the shot, it looks amazing, and then you look at the reflection in the windows and there is your entire light mm. reflected in the window. Mm. And so what what do you do? I'll move the light back and you take another shot, it's still there. I'll move it forward, it's still there. But basically all you've got to do is change the angle and you can actually get it out of the reflection. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So your physics, Val. Okay, it's physics. And all- all the physics heads that are listening to this are just going, <laughs> rolling their eyes going, Gina, stop. Don't. Yes. <laughs> Don't talk about physics. So, um, But when you change the angle of the yeah. light, mm. it, it may not cast its light on where you wanted it to cast it in the first place. I know. So it can be tricky. So there's workarounds that we're now going to discuss because okay. sometimes it doesn't always work. Um, yes. So – the, the the first unfortunate um, example I have of this, when I first started working with Flash on Camera and one of my first PR gigs, Val, mm. I was sent out to do uh, like a handshake ceremony for a hardware company. Oh. And it was about <laughs> like some politician was turning up, some big name, and like the CEO was going to be handing over a check. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want to get the handshake shot. Make sure you get our logo in the background. We've got a big um, sort of uh, we've got signage on yep. the stage with all the logos, all the sponsors. That's the most important thing aside from the handshake, that you get all of that in. Yep. No worries. I'm a professional. I could do that. <laughs> so I went along. I covered it. I thought, again, I couldn't see what I was doing. I was shooting film. But oh, I thought I'd God. done a great job. Very happy. Go back to the lab process the films, get them back, and I nearly died. Why? Because bang smack in the middle of the signage, Mm -hmm. the logo was a huge white blob. Oh, no. Right? 
It's the yeah. flash of yeah. the camera reflecting on the shiny surface. Oh. Yeah. And it, Photoshop, what? That didn't exist. That, this is, these are the days when you physically, someone with brushes and paint, that's how they retouched photos mm. back then. It was an expensive exercise. Yes. Didn't work for those guys again, Val. No. No. <laughs> sort of slinked out of there and all so that was a massive stuff up so ever since that mistake I've learned to um be very careful about the type of flash I use when I'm using when when it's a reflective surface like that so I've done a lot of those sort of PR type shoots where it's shiny backgrounds and flash on camera so nowadays you can just check the screen but like if I'm doing that again today, or sometimes it's like um, when you do those uh, A-list red carpet things, Val, mm. the brag walls that they have everywhere now where they have all the um, the the logos of all the sponsors of, um, mm. you know, TV, TV uh, sort of launches and things like that, mm-hmm. and you're getting those shots, they're often shiny. Yeah. So you big, big, ugly highlights on those. So So what I do is I bounce my flash now for those and use a like a really big soft box on my right. flash camera to soften and diffuse the light so you're not getting this massive blob of a hot spot in the background mm. okay yeah that's a great one okay so you just got to watch out for those so the other big one which i just uh touched on earlier val is lights reflected in windows do you remember when we were shooting for beauty for singapore cleo in some swanky hotel yes the models there a beautiful room set and i yep. had the lights set up and like couldn't for the life of me work out how to get this uh reflection of the softbox out of the window mm. in the background because like we wanted this shot so badly but like we kept seeing the reflection it was most annoying <laughs> so yes. the, the trick is you can either um ask the model uh to to move so that you've got to like or or not have windows in the background mm. or change the angle of your lighting but if you if you change the the angle of the lighting slightly you can sometimes um hide hide the lights and and the reflection will hit a wall you know mm. the light will hit the wall rather than the window so you won't see the reflection which is a workaround so yep. just changing the angle of the light now sometimes you can't always do that because as you said earlier it's going to change the lighting in the room yes. so the workaround for that is to basically lock off the camera mm. and do two exposures so the uh. first exposure is for the model yep uh, with the lighting and the second exposure, turn the light off and take another shot and you won't get the reflection and then yep. you'll have you'll have a window without a reflection that you can Photoshop into the other. Awesome. Yeah. And, in fact, that's actually what Gina did. Um, uh, we recently did a shoot in a graffiti lane and Gina was photographing me, but because also it was a lane, there wasn't a lot of light, and it was getting, you know, towards in the afternoon, so the light was going. Gina was using lighting there, but that's what she did. She took photos with the lighting and then yep. took photos without the lighting and photoshopped them. 
to so get they, yeah so, yeah, we, to so get we didn't get the effect. highlight in the background because there was definitely going to be a very bright blob white yep. blob it, with the lighting onto the graffiti and uh, that because it was that graffiti is like that glossy kind of paint and it was really highly reflective yeah and, and i think my advice to everyone just as like if you can train yourself from now as a default when you're shooting um uh on location anywhere where you've got lighting is to always do a default clean plate of the shot and by what I mean by that is um, like once you've taken all your shots ask your model to leave pull the lights out don't change your focus or anything and just do a shot of an empty set yeah because it comes in really handy when you're having to retouch. If there's any like um, highlights, reflections that you want, it you can just go. You can Photoshop them really easily. So I do that a lot now when I'm shooting. At the end of the end of the shoot, I just everyone jumps out, move out all the stands, everything, mm. and a clean plate. And it means you can you can um, light a lot better. You can get your lights in really close mm. to, to your model so that you can light mm. them beautifully. And then, and then you take everything out, and you can just uh, Photoshop him back in the areas that you, that, that the lights were um, obscuring. That is a great idea. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's a good. It's a good hack and something to remember to do. Really good um, idea. So, and highly reflective uh, products too uh, can be uh, really difficult to shoot. And there was this really uh, funny uh, image doing the rounds of this guy um, on eBay who was mm. trying to sell a um, silver, I think it was like a, a teapot or something. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Yes. And he took the photo yes. and put it on eBay. But yes. if you zoomed in, the guy oh. had photographed it when he was naked. Oh my god! And he's reflected in the. <laughs> he's oh. reflected in the teapot. <laughs> oh, that's insane! I know. So the moral of the story is: when you're doing, you, it, wear some clothes. Ever, yeah, we'll get dressed. <laughs> yeah. So wear clothes whenever you're doing product photography. And um, oh. a trick of many uh, product photographers is they actually do wear black. Yeah. So if they are photographing anything that's highly reflective, if they're reflected in the shot, mm. then at least it, it's not as obvious. So if you're wearing something like a bright red T-shirt or something like that, that not only are you going to see the colour, but you're going to get some of that tone reflected back into yeah. the product as well. Absolutely. <laughs> So, oh my god! I wonder if his teapot sold. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm sure you could Google it and find it, on, and I'm sure someone will find it for the Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, um, you know, if you've got a large object like a car that you want to photograph and you don't have access to, uh, like a, a drive-in uh, studio that you mm. can photograph it in. Take the car outside into a large open space, like an outdoor car park, on a day when they're, you know, like a Sunday, if the, you know, factory that's uh, closed. Mm. And so you've got a large expanse of bitumen. Mm. And there's not going to be a lot of things that are going to reflect into the car, mm-hmm. right? And then if you do that on an overcast day, Val, it's like having a massive softbox to light the car. Right. Get a good shot of the car. Okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. I don't think I'll be photographing cars anytime soon, but I have to say for anyone who 
does product photography or may want to do product photography or has a friend who's asking them to do product photography for their business is as a magazine editor I deal with a lot of product photography and uh, I feature them in feature these products whether they are clothes or tablets or you know running gear or soft uh, gym equipment or disc, mm-hmm. uh, disc drives whatever um I get sent a lot of product photography and I have to say that there's been a quite a big decline in the quality of product photography yeah. in over the last five years. Yeah. Um, some of that you can work with, some of it you can't, but um, in, in the in the olden days, <laughs> or the, Nana tales, Nana you know, tales. Be, before before there was so much stuff done online, you really needed to use quality product photography when you were printing in magazines. And there yeah. are product photography specialist yes. photographers, you know. But now one of the things I notice is that anyone who makes a product, even if it's their little, you know, they, they, they do it at their kitchen table, they think that they can just shoot products on their iPhone. Yeah. And the it just doesn't look great. It can, if you're going to if you don't have the budget to um, commission a product photographer, or if you're getting into product photography and you don't quite have set up or whatever, at the very basic level, you need to be creating your own sort of mini mini psych or mini yes. set you need yeah. you, you can't just shoot something on the kitchen table or you can't no. just shoot something against a bed sheet you at least get some kind of plastic or perspex or m- very white card and mm. turn it into a, a mini psychorama in your lounge room or kitchen or whatever yep. And get the room as white as you can. It really makes a difference compared to just shooting on whatever white thing happens to be nearby. So, sorry, that's just my little magazine. No, no, that's good. And there's some some great little um, light tents that you can buy, which are basically all white rooms for smaller products that you can put them in. And if you're shooting uh, larger products, still tabletop, you can actually still create that white room just by Mm. using card and you know you, you sort of encase the 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 object that you're photographing in the white card so that you're not getting any of those ref, reflections yeah. and it is a fine art and the the high-end stuff that you see they, they're spending a day or two mm. days photographing those objects to get them to look absolutely incredible mm. you know and, and the number of products i get that are shot on white bed sheets please we know oh it's my a god bed sheet. and really? at least iron the damn thing Oh, no. But even when you iron it, you can still tell it does need to be a harder sort of surface. You can see the texture of the bed yeah. and it, it absorbs the light as well, whereas uh, Perspex is, is, is a much nicer uh, mm. surface to photograph products on. True. Yeah. Okay, what else have we got? So balancing light, Val, is another mm. common uh, mistake I see with lighting. Um, so basically... What do you uh, mean by balancing light? If you're shooting, say, um, flash on camera inside, so photographing a party or an event, mm-hmm. um, I find that a lot of um, new photographers start out with their shutter speed too high when they're inside. And this is probably because the camera's set to uh, auto 
and it's it's reading the light that's that's inside and it's uh and it's giving you a shutter speed that's going to get everything looking right but what happens is you don't get any of the ambient light in the room and so the room ha has a like looks dead so if if you were to shoot in, say, a room where there's lots of um, beautiful lights, like uh, imagine a ballroom, Val, mm -hmm. and they're, they're, they're nicely lit, lots of warm tungsten lighting in there, and you were to shoot that at, say, 160th or 1125th of a second with mm -hmm. flash on camera, you would do, to do a portrait, the background's going to look really heavy and dark, mm -hmm. and you're not going to get the brightness of those lights. If you slow your shutter right. speed down and um, up your ISO, mm. you're going to get all the warmth of the room as well and it's going to look – like the trick with um, shooting with flash on camera is to try and make it look like you haven't lit it. It's not obvious because mm. otherwise it looks like, um, you know, that, that, that you've dropped the image into the, into the frame. Like the person is like so well and flat yep. lit yep. and the background's really dark and yep. it looks it – looks, yeah, one thing I don't like about flash. So uh, the, re the really simple thing to remember: um, bump up your ISO, mm. slow down your shutter speed, and open up your aperture. So, and always sh uh, focus on the eyes of the model, the people that you're photographing, and then you're going to get a much more even-looking shot. You're going to balance the light in the background with what's going on in the foreground. So, what I do is before I take a shot with flash is I take a reading of the whole room and I get a shot that looks that the room looks good in without flash. Mm. So the right aperture and the mm. right ISO and the right shutter speed to get that right. And then I just pop the minimal amount of flash just to clean up the, the light on the people's faces. Yep. That's, That's how I great. shoot flash on camera. So and balance I think the light. A lot of people forget, especially newbies, forget about ISO. But and you can crank it up. Yeah, well, you can change it all the time compared to yeah. in the days when you shot on film. You were sh yeah. you had to shoot the whole roll at that ISO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. you go outside, you'll drop it back to 100. You come mm. inside, you might be at 800, 1200, depending on how dark the room is. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's perfectly fine to, 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 to shoot around those. It, it, it looks great these days. Cameras are good enough to be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so... So speaking of flash then... What are some rookie flash mistakes? So some of the biggest uh, rookie flash mistakes I see are overlighting. So like in the 90s, uh, <laughs> this is something we used to do with film, Val, when we yeah. used to shoot. We used to shoot so that like we'd blow out the skin tones because you couldn't yes. retouch. Yes. You couldn't retouch. No one could afford retouches. So we'd blow out the skin tones. So what you'd see in a model are what, eyes and teeth and lips <laughs> and no skin. Remember that, Trent? Yes, absolutely. What passport photo looked like back in the 90s. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and But unfortunately, like you do that today with digital, uh, film holds the highlights, you know, you mm. can do a lot, but, but digital you can't. Right, and so once the highlights are gone, and you try and bring those back in, they're going to look grey and and horrible. So, overlighting is something that I see uh, a lot, mm. and so um, I recommend that you uh, use uh, a light meter, mm -hmm. or at the very least, when you're working with flash, experiment with your flash so that you you get an understanding of uh, like if I've got my flash 
you know, at one meter away from my model uh, at this setting, you know, at a half power, I know that I'm going to be shooting at 5.6 and get a good skin tone. And that's just an example. But like the more you use it, the more you know that eventually you, you, you can almost guess mm. where to put your flash and what exposure to set it to and get it pretty close. And then there's just a little bit of tweaking. A light meter just gets rid of all that uh you know, confusion and you'll always nail the right exposure, but yeah. if you don't have one, then this is a good way, to, a good workaround. Um, the other thing uh, that, that like massive hot spots on people's faces when you photograph them from, from the light just being too hard. So right. um, the workaround for that is to use like large, really large soft diffusers to, to, and, and move your light in as close as possible, which is often confusing to new photographers, Val, mm. because uh, the, the thought that if you bring the light closer to your model, mm. it, 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 it's going to make it brighter, mm. but it's also going to make it softer. Yes, because it's not a concentrated spot. Exactly. So mm. it'll wrap around the model a lot better. So mm. like if you can and you're only shooting one person and you're using studio lights, I have my light so close that it's just outside of frame just mm, that's mm. how close I have my lights and you get that beautiful wrap and I'm always um negotiating lights I'm trying to get just under them and it's 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 millimeters sometimes that I'm yep. moving in and in and in just so they're just out of frame that's going to give you the most control and the most beautiful soft lighting that you can get yeah that's a good one why do you think people are, do you think people are too scared to use lights too close or yeah, because it's it like you think like if I've got them up right up close, they're going to they blow out the subject, and and mm -hmm. it's just natural just to keep moving them back and back and back because it makes sense. Yeah, right. That that okay. it's going to people think the light's going to be softer, but it's actually the more mm -hmm. uh, the further away the light is from from the subject, the harder the light is. Mm -hmm. So move it in close. Use a big. Um, uh, diffuser or uh, modifier on the light and that's going to really help and and to start out with I would only have like one big modifier and one light nail that and then you're um you're going to have a lot more confidence mm. I think I resonate with that because of well reasons of vanity really because um sometimes even I can't believe I'm saying this out loud sometimes even when I'm on a Skype video call a therapy session for you today, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when I'm in a Skype video call with someone you know important or that I need to impress or whatever yeah. I do a practice call to someone I know first and I get my lighting yeah. you let your and, lighting and it's literally like practically right in front of me it and it makes it does wonders for your Skype video call it should be just over the back of the computer valve yes up above and in the middle mm -mm 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 -mm. Yep. yeah it's good sort of lighting you know how I made you like me for the videos? Yes. Like that. Yeah. Right? The videos Jean is referring to is the um, course coming up on, um, on, on portrait photography. So uh, we look forward to telling you all about that soon. But what else is there, Gina? Um, so when you're uh, the, the, one of the hardest things to uh, see if you're outside shooting, especially with flash or bright light, is on the LCD screen you can't see. Uh, oh yeah. If it's bright sunlight, so no. I actually, I actually uh, one little gadget that's fantastic is a Hoodman um, uh, 
loop, which basically oh. is, it magnifies the screen and blocks out the light. So it's like a little um, cover that goes over the LCD screen. You look into it and it magnifies the shot and you can see all the detail in the frame without the light hitting the, the screen and you can see exactly uh, if you're overexposed or underexposed rather than trying to squint in the sun. Yeah, great. You know, and I if you... Know about this. There's a link in the show notes to one of those. It, they're, awesome. they're about $80. So if that's a, a bit rich, go old school, carry a black cloth. Yeah. All right, and just cover yourself with the black cloth so you can have a really good look and make sure that you're not blowing out your highlights too much and that your lighting's looking right. Yeah. Great one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, Val, is underlighting or making uh, shots too moody. So oh, yeah. Not, flash is the ob- – and, and I see – I'm seeing this a lot, Val. Me too. Really, really moody. And it's like to me, uh, if a skin tone looks too dark, it's like like – too it's muddy it looks dirty there's too much detail uh there's no life in the portrait and then um if if i'm seeing like someone that's done like side lighting and there's i can't see detail in the shadow side like any hint of detail that to me uh, like to my eye always looks like too much i you know i think light should replicate what goes on naturally and i Mm. think i don't think there would be a situation where a face would be half in in light completely and the other half completely in shadow black where you can't see anything so oh there goes gary that's gaza uh, someone's obviously come home and that's the way he <laughs> greets them, which is, like, not very appealing, is it? No. <laughs> I thought he was commenting on um, that he likes the shadow. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you know? Um, so... So, basically, what I like to see is some detail in the shadow side. So, even yeah. if it's lighting, I would bring a reflector in to just have some hint so you can see some little bit of detail in the, yeah. out, the outline of the face. I'm seeing a lot of it too and I'm, I'm not loving it all. Sometimes it works, but, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a trend at the moment. Um, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Okay, so um, the other thing about lighting in the shadow side is when I'm lighting uh, my portraits, even if I'm going to have really moody lighting, Val, I use two lights mm. and I actually light the shadow side, even if it's like two stops difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will pop a little bit of light in because the quality of um, the shadows when they're lit as opposed to when they're let go without any lighting is you'll get a lot more noise in your shadows mm. than you would if you didn't light them. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So that's just, a, and it just adds some a, depth, really. A little bit of so depth. It, it, you know, both sides aren't the same. Exactly. Mm. Um, so the other one, Val, is lighting that's too flat. So oh, yes. it's just evenly lit and very, very flat. Yeah. And, and which there's is a no similar tone. concept. Sorry. Which is a similar concept. Yeah. It's just the, the, it's the, too the, flat. It's just too flat. So I like mm. to see like shape and depth and contrast in my shots. Mm. So remember when I um, showed you the your two light setups for your video? Yes. Lot? Yes. So but, but do you, can you remember that concept? Do you want, do you want to explain? Yeah. It? So basically one side was it, – it's, it's one side was brighter than the other. So, you know, to, so that you, both sides weren't the same. So basically if you've got two lights – 
uh, that are exactly the same. You can have them at exactly uh, the same uh, position to, mm -hmm. to your model. Have one light at half power and one light at full power. Yep. All right, and you're going to get or one light at quarter power and or one light at quarter power, mm -hmm. and you're going to get modelling on the face, which means you'll have a highlight side. And then you'll have a shadow side that goes softly into shadow. And this is beautiful. It's still flat, even lighting, which is perfect for photographing um, female skin tones. Mm. But it's going to have uh, some shape and depth and contrast. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. So, we actually tried to replicate that lighting <laughs> the yeah, other day. I wrote because... it all down for you, Val. What happened? No, you did, you did. Yeah. But we had to shoot these videos and the lights weren't on our premises. So right. we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We've got to get these videos done. So we were trying to do it without these lights, just using sort of like daylight, quite nice daylight through the window. But it just yeah. wasn't working. And we couldn't figure out what how to make it better um but we wasted so much time doing that eventually the sun moved <laughs> because we wasted hours trying to fix this issue and the sun moved to give us garage lighting right. so I was like oh my god shoot now quick <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was purely accidental but anyway right, right. um all right, so uh, – and the other thing you can add in is maybe a hair light that also adds oh, yeah. a, a bit of depth. So backlighting, and you can do that by um, using the sun as a hair light and lighting forward as fill or adding a third light into your shot and that will, you know, also uh, add some uh, – a, a bit of bling in the background. I know a lot of listeners know what a hair light is, but just in case there's some listeners who are, are a little bit unsure of what you're referring to for a hair light, Gina, um, can you expand on that? So it's basically a light that comes from behind the person that uh, lights up their hair. And, and the back, it's, it's called backlight, rim light, hair light. And why, would that might, why might that be a good thing to light up their hair? So it'll separate your model from the background. So say if I was photographing you, Val, in uh, a dark room, mm. if I just lit you from the front, you would get lost in the room because your hair is jet black, yep. right? And we and, and so I wouldn't know where uh, the room started. And yep. You blend into the background. Yeah, you just blend yeah. in. So it's a good way to show separation yeah. um, and you can – a lot more forgiving with dark hair. You've got to be careful when you're working with uh, lighter hair or silver hair because you can blow it out and then you don't – no detail in the hair. It doesn't look great either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Great. Awesome. So is that is that our episode for the week, Gina? No, no. So and no. the other thing you can do if you've got flat lighting is yes. add a, a black cutter. If you're in a fl flat, flat room, you just want to add some more mood, um, put a black along one side of the face and that's going to take light away and that's going to give you more modelling as well. Yeah. Right? So finally, mm -hmm. uh, when I see people starting out with lighting, um, this is uh, something that we touched on last week. I see a lot of filet mignoning, mignoning <laughs> when yes. people haven't finished peeling their potatoes yet. Okay. Right? So and they're going by that you filet mean? mignon when they should have still been peeling the potatoes. Okay. So basically um, 
like I was talking about last week that when I started training as a cook, uh, mm. the first thing we had to do was peel potatoes, get that right. When we mastered the potatoes, we then moved on to the salads, the entrees, yep. then you, you could cook pasta. And then last, you were allowed to make the filet mignon, which is the hardest uh, recipe in the kitchen, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of uh, photographers like keen to start out and the first thing they'll do is go and buy a beauty dish, which is probably the hardest type of lighting to do, mm. and start from there. And if you haven't quite um, grasped the basics of lighting, you never get, you, you, you're kind of always playing catch up and not mm. quite sure what it is that you're doing wrong. And you might be getting okay shots, but I really believe that like if you start slowly and master daylight yeah then introduce maybe uh the simplest of light modifiers which is an umbrella mm. master that mm. then move to the soft box umbrellas octoboxes then go to the the harder styles of lighting which are grid spots beauty dishes and then you can start um, mixing the lighting and that way you're training your eye to really see what the light's doing and it's going to be a lot easier in the long run and your lighting's going to look a lot better Awesome. All so right. what is hashtag Gina challenge this week? Something tells me it's going to have something yeah. to do with lighting. And, yeah. of course, you know, we'd love you to participate. Hashtag Gina challenge is something that we do every week. And we have hashtag Gina challenge and then we have hashtag whatever topic that we decide that we're all going to concentrate on. So sometimes it might be, you know, street photography. Other times it might be black and white. Other times it might be reflections or whatever. What is it going to be this week so in keeping with that theme of uh learning to peel potatoes first what the hashtag is this week is peeling potatoes <laughs> all okay. right so starting from the start and basically what i'd like us all to do as a group if that's possible is many of the uh listeners have in, in and that are in the facebook group have gone out and bought um the styrofoam heads they've all yes. given great names yes. um or you might be lucky enough to have someone who models for you. I want to see your best uh, daylight lighting. I want to see that. So All right. So basically, it's daylight potatoes. It's daylight lighting. However, use the hashtag peeling potatoes yes. and uh, put your images in the Facebook group. We'd love to see them. Work our way through the menu, Val. <laughs> Okay. Yes. All right. <clears throat> that brings us to the end of our episode this week. What have you got coming up this week, Gina? Uh, so uh, I'm starting on a new TV show this week, uh, and uh, you mean shooting, I, shooting yes, for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, starring in it, Val. Yeah. <laughs> if I had my own show, it'd be a chat show. It'd be me, you, maybe Oprah would be our first guest. You reckon? <laughs> And then we'd probably have your gym trainer at the same time. You'd probably be in a good – you'd be a good reality show like, um, you know, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or something, I think. You got you know, asked behind to the do scenes. a reality show once. Did you know oh that? Oh, my God. What the about? Family. Can you imagine? No, they just said, can we just follow your family around for a oh. while? And we talked about it and we said no. Oh, my God. Thank just imagine. Oh, my God. Who would you be? Like Chris Jenner or <laughs> – Oh my god. All right. Um I wish you said yes, even for for my amusement. Imagine, yeah, just for your amusement. Yes. (laughs) All right. 
Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, do sign up to Gina's newsletter, which you can do at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. It's free. And uh, where do we find you on social media, Gina? So you can find me on uh, at Twitter on at, on Twitter at Gina Militia G I N A M I L I C I A. I'm also on Instagram, and you'll find me uh, in the Facebook group Val and GinaMilitia.com. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram and uh, pretty easy to find on Facebook. Just search for me. And we'd love to hear from you and uh, hear what you think about the show. So until next week, everyone, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.